Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 44 of All About Fitness. Fitness is not just about moving better, which has been the emphasis of many of my podcasts, but it's also about looking better. So in order to talk with someone about how to do both, I went with one of the most muscular guys I know, former professional wrestler turned personal trainer and health coach, Giovanni Roselli. Giovanni and I met a few years ago when he attended a workshop I was helping teach. It was really interesting to see someone change his approach to fitness from one that was based almost purely on aesthetics. And I'll have a couple pictures of Gio below down the show notes because he is supremely jacked. To now, his approach to fitness is more holistic and based on how the body moves is an integrated system. To an exercise geek like myself, it's really interesting to speak with someone who has made this transition from the world of physique and appearance and is now doing a much more movement-based and a much more just down-to-earth-based approach to fitness, which is why I invited him to be a guest today because I wanted him to share his story about how he made that transition. Now, professional wrestlers have two competing goals for their personal fitness levels. On one hand, they need to maintain a high level of conditioning and athleticism to be able to perform at a high level, often multiple nights a week. When you hear about some of the stuff, when, you, when Gio talks about some of the stuff he did when he was wrestling full-time, it's amazing that these guys are able to go that many nights a week, almost year-round. Besides being able to perform at a high level, though, many, not all, <laughs> let's be honest, many professional wrestlers need to maintain a super high level of muscularity. One of the big reasons why many people like professional wrestling is they're real-life superheroes. You see these huge guys huge, and, and muscular women jumping around, flying through the air, kicking, throwing, you know, doing amazing feats of athleticism you know, and getting up and doing it again and again. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. So Giovanni shares his experience with that. Gio wrestled under the name Romeo Roselli. Maybe you're a fan, maybe you recognize that. And again, you can look through the show notes and see some of his pictures, and I'll have a video clip of him in action as well. Our conversation today focuses on how his training programs have changed from when he was a wrestler. When he was a wrestler, he focused primarily on bodybuilding because he needed to have the appearance that looked good on television because that's what they do. Now he's focused more on movement. He's focused more on mobility. He's focusing on how to live pain-free. That's how he helps his clients and the people he works with as a health coach. So after a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, Gio and I talk about how he became a pro wrestler, what it takes to become a pro wrestler and function at a high level. What most people don't realize is the grueling work and the grueling lifestyle that these folks have to do. They're often, you know, working hours a day with minimal, you know, with minimal sleep. You know, as Gio talks about, they don't have the chance for great nutrition. So from his experience, Gio shares some of the stuff that worked for him about how he maintained a high level of performance. Doesn't matter whether you're traveling for work as a, as a salesperson, as a consultant, or a professional wrestler, we all need techniques for how we can stay fit and how we can maintain a high level of performance when we're on the road. But a couple of quick notes. First, Gio's extremely busy. So one of the only times I could catch up with him was at home during lunch. So you're gonna give you're gonna hear a little background noise. He was in the kitchen when we recorded this, so I apologize about that, but we just have to make do with it. In our conversation today, Gio and I referenced a number of workouts, a number of workout programs. If you want to see those in action, if you want to see video of Gio wrestling, if you want to see some really cool workout programming that he does now, then you can go to the show page 
at allaboutfitness.libsyn.com. So I'll have all the links there so you can get a little more details. After a quick word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, we'll get started with Giovanni slash Romeo Roselli. Active Motion Bar is the first resistance training bar where 30% of the weight is a moving mass. An Active Motion Bar can help you strengthen your fascia and elastic connective tissue as well as your muscle, which is important for staying injury-free during the aging process. Research has found that exercising with an Active Motion Bar can be up to 170% more effective than using traditional weighted bars. Active Motion Bar, let the resistance move you. www dot a c t i v motionbar.com Vicor Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to v i c o r e fitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment that'll be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. I'm on the line here. This is uh, All About Fitness. I'm here with Giovanni Roselli. Did I pronounce that right, Gio? Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me on, Pete. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. And so just give a, give the listeners a little bit of a background. What is it? You do a number of different things, which I think is fascinating. What, what kind of, what professions do you work in right now? So I'm obviously in the, uh, in the fitness profession as a one-on-one uh, personal trainer, as a group fitness instructor um, to group classes. Uh, I also do some master instructing uh, presentations for, uh, for various modalities, uh, such as Viper and Kettlebells. Um, and then my, uh, my past career, uh, which got me into fitness was, uh, WWE professional wrestler. And because of the entertainment aspect of WWE, uh, professional wrestling, I also had some opportunities to work in the, uh, acting realm. So on the, uh, on the, on the occasion, I also, uh, may pop up in a, uh, film or a television show, uh, near you. And see, I think that's what one of the reasons why it's cool to speak with you is because what people may not realize is that especially because you're originally from New York City, correct? Correct. And you split time between New York. Uh, Gio was telling me that he splits time between New York and uh, and Florida. And but but in New York City and in Los Angeles, no, you no longer are you asking actors or you know or performers where they're waiting tables. Now, if you, if you talk to uh, somebody who's a working actor, you ask them where they're teaching classes or where they're personal training. Would you is that is that correct? Is, am I right in in that observation? Yeah, and I mean, I, I also want to make it clear that you know acting was uh, something that I kind of, I, I guess you could say I kind of fell into because of. Uh, you know, learning how to, you know, quote, act and perform at the same time as a professional wrestler. Um, so, you know, acting is a nice uh, hobby for me, so to speak. Uh, fitness is my career. Fitness is my lifeline. Fitness is my passion. Um, but for, for many actors, uh, they do get into things such as they still wait tables and they still, uh, uh, you know, get into some fitness. You, you'll see a lot of group fitness instructors who also 
you know, do acting or dancing, uh, work for dance companies and that type of thing. Uh, and cause in the end, you know, it's all performing really. So it, even as a, even as a personal trainer, you still have to, uh, you know, have some type of, you know, performance aspect to get somebody to, uh, motivated to exercise. Actually, and, and that's actually a really cool thing really to, cool. to think about because I think you're hundred percent right. A lot of personal trainers kind of have a state. Would, would you agree that a lot of fitness professionals, you know, kind of have a stage identity, like they get in front of a class or get in front of a group of clients and all of a sudden it's not that they're a different person. They're not being fake, but you adopt a different persona when you're in front of a group. I mean, have you noticed that among some of your, your peers? Absolutely. And, and you could tell, you know, and, and Hey, we're all, we're all working on getting better. Um, and, but you could tell like, who's really comfortable in front of an audience, who's comfortable in front of a camera, who's comfortable in front of people and who just really doesn't have that particular skill set. Luckily for me, you know, before I got into fitness, uh, you know, I was working in front of crowds in Madison Square Garden um, and, you know, overseas in Puerto Rico and all in Cal- Los Angeles at the Staples Center. So, you know, walking, uh, walking in front of, you know, 10 to 20,000 people as a pro wrestler compared to walking in front of 40 to 50 people in a group fitness class, that actually was uh, was a easy, easy step for me. And, and one of the reasons why, for people that might not uh, be familiar with, with uh, Giovanni or, or Gio, um, is one of the reasons why I'm interviewing him is he's, he's honestly, and, and I say this with due respect, one of the most jacked guys I know. You know, he's one of the most, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a link down to your, to your webpage below. And, but I really, what I find interesting is how do you manage to stay in shape when you were a wrestler and, and, and when you were, were you doing it, were you doing it full time? Were you ever a full time? Was that your full time profession? Yeah. So between the years of, uh, let's see, 2004 and 2007, that was my full-time, uh, full-time profession, full-time job. And, you know, to your question of, of being in shape is, and I'm, I'm very open about this, that, you know, I look back on, you know, when I was wrestling and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always hindsight's always 2020, but I was like, man, I wish I was doing more of the stuff I knew now back then, um, because when I was a wrestler, uh, and I was wrestling full time, you know, let's face it. A lot of, uh, it is, you know, how do you look on camera? How do you look on TV and you want to look your best. So a lot of the, uh, working out I did was, uh, for aesthetics. And there's a big difference between working out for aesthetics and working out for health, longevity, movement, mobility, um, and all the stuff that I've discovered once I've started to get in the fitness uh, profession. And, and let's stay on that because I think that's an important thing. And, and now, especially that you're, um, you know, let's face it, we're all getting a little bit older every day. But now that you you aren't performing full time, you said you're still doing it a little bit part time. How would you change? Like, how would you change your workouts? I mean, if you used to work out purely for aesthetics, purely for what you looked like on camera. And now that that's not the primary focus, how's, how's your mindset shifted and, and what's that entail? The, the mindset has, has shifted in, you know, it, 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 it's funny. I, I guess I can kind of summarize it like this. When somebody asks me, I come to the gym, someone's, Hey, what are you working on today? I just say, I'm working on everything. <laughs> and you know, when, when I was, you know, uh, WWE wrestler full time, it was, Oh, well, today's chest day. Or, oh, yeah, I did chest yesterday, today's back day. And now it's just, well, 
I'm doing everything. You know, there's there's focus on specific uh, joint movements, joint patterns. Say today I'm going to do a hinge. You know, maybe a horizontal pull, a vertical press. Um, you know, lateral core. Um, but you know, even even the, the the fact that I'm talking like this now is such been a gigantic shift from you know I, I say Geo the meathead bodybuilder who was just yeah Monday's chest day Tuesday's back day Wednesday's legs Thursday shoulders Friday arms uh, rinse and repeat and you know it, that's that doesn't even really cross my mind anymore um, I still get in all, all my bodybuilding meat and potato stuff but just how I intertwine it and how I get there and what I do beforehand, what I do after is, is very different. And, and that's one of the running themes um, that I'm trying to hit with this podcast is why we should think differently about exercise because we have to realize that exercise is a function of movement. And, and the way for years, because I was the same way, in all honesty, I think we all were, is that you came up with this, this, this idea of I need to do one body part a day. I mean we all – I think we can all trace it back to buying an Arnold Schwarzenegger book when we were 15 or 16 years old and we first I started. still have it. I still have it. <laughs> I still have mine. And, and, and it's just, but that's the way we were introduced. And I think that's the way a lot of people, a lot of listeners, a lot of general fitness consumers, they think, oh, I need to do legs one day. I need to do back a, another day. What's your mindset now? If somebody asks you to, to develop a program for them, how, how would you approach that? How would you, would you take a look at, at having uh, just a regular individual exercise? Yeah, so so obviously, I mean, to 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 individually program for somebody, you're gonna look at you know their background. You're gonna look at what they need and what they want, and you know that whole you know what they what they're doing is not necessarily what they need to do, but you know that's where the rubber meets the road because they still want to do X, Y, and Z, even though hey, they can't reach their arms over their head, so why should they be doing pull-ups right now? You know, so you you got to try to find that fine line between, you know, what, what does this person really need? And, and like, like you mentioned, like we discussed, you know, what's, how can we get them moving better? What, what functional movements can we, can we prescribe to them or, or what exercises can we prescribe to them to lead them to performing these functional movements at a greater capacity? Um, so, so that's how I try to look at it and, you know, learning from guys like, you know, I, and, I, and I know I'm going to uh, probably miss a couple names, but, you know, people like Mike Boyle, um, who just says, keep it simple, <laughs> you know, and he just can't say, just keep it simple. And in the end, it's yeah, do some uh, do some mobility in the beginning and then get into some meat and potato stuff. And you don't have to be thinking about these crazy off the wall exercises or you know, wads or anything like that when, when you just keep things simple. So for me personally, I've been able to keep, you know, routines fairly simple, but in the same time, you know, hey, you got locked up shoulders, then we should work on your T-spine and your thoracic rotation. You know, you, you have, quote, bad knees, then there's a very good chance that we need to work on your ankles and your hips. Um, and then once we work on your ankles and your hips, then we'll get into some, uh, to, to some, you know, higher level activity. And have you noticed that, that as you do that, I mean, do you see how people change? I think that's one of the coolest things about being a trainer and being an instructor is, and we just use it as an example. Somebody comes into the, into the gym in January and by June, you know, six months later, you see a different person. I mean, how often do you see that change happen? And, and is that realistic? You know, it's very gratifying when, when you hear like the little things from, 
you know, from my clap, from my past experiences with clients where they say, you know, things not like, not necessarily, yeah, I lost weight, all that, all that usual stuff that we're still trying to get our clients to do, but things like, you know what? I used to have Charlie horses every night when I was in bed and now they're gone. Or, you know, something like, you know, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and now I can sleep right through, you know, things like that, that that's that, you know, life maximization. Um, there's, there's so many different pieces of fitness as we're getting more, you know, deeper into fitness coaching as opposed to, yeah. Okay. Good workout. See you Thursday. All right. You know, Eat, eat, eat some protein and, and that's it. As opposed to now, we're, we're definitely getting deeper into all aspects of how sleep is affecting working out, how working out is affecting sleep. How's the nutrition tying into all of this? Um, so it's, it's a much deeper understanding and, you know, just by, you know, maybe taking some extra fish oil, someone feels a little better or feels, uh, you know, uh, has a little more mobility Then you know, that's, that's gratifying. And do you think, I mean, as you've changed your, you know, your, your fitness habits, do you think that's helped you with the stuff? I mean, you said you're not wrestling as much anymore, but has that helped you in, in your, in your, like when you do go out and do appearances and, and, and go to wrestling matches, do you feel that you're stronger now or more mobile? Yeah. You know, one, 100%. And it was, you know, the, the old, you know, how, how much can you, how much can you bench press now? It's more like how much, how much can I Turkish get up? You know, and, and that's my, and that's more of my, uh, my gauge of, of how I'm feeling and how, how strong I am. And that's not to say that I don't bench press anymore. That's just to say that, you know, my priorities have shifted into take the Turkish get up, for example, getting up and down off the floor as we age, you know, getting up and down off the floor becomes more of a task. So I want to make sure that, you know, I'm able to get up and down off the floor uh, at a fairly uh, easy level. And we've all uh, seen that Brazilian study of people who can get up, up, up and down off the floor easily actually live longer. So just something as simple as a Turkish getup will, will aid in that. And in the end, doing a really badass Turkish getup will still get you strong and get you ripped and get everything else that you everyone else is looking for. And, and that's what people don't realize is, is you get this mindset of you hear you, cause you're, you're, you're spouting a theme. I mean, I interviewed Mike, uh, Mike Boyle just, just recently. So <laughs> you're in good company mentioning him, but you, people don't realize, I don't think that, that most, most top level trainers, top level coaches, top level strength coaches are focusing on movements. So for people that are still going to the gym and okay, I'm going to do leg day today or do chest and back today. I don't, it's almost like you're, you're operating on an old flip phone. Would that be a, an accurate analogy? Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, you know, everyone's in these camps now, right? Everyone's in like a fitness, like you got to be in like one camp and that's your camp. And that's it. Meanwhile, <laughs> I don't put myself in any camp because I try to learn from everybody and yeah. I can, yeah. you know, I try to take everything uh, that I can. And one of the reasons why I really love Michelle Dalcourt's 4Q model is because the four quadrant model still allows me to touch everything that we're all talking about. So, and I, I know you're very familiar with the 4Q model and uh, probably a lot of people, uh, hopefully, uh, listening are, and if they're not, then hopefully they'll, they'll look it up after they listen. Yeah. I'll, I'll put um, that for people, people listening. If you, if you haven't heard of that, um, what, what Gio's referring to is, is a mutual friend of ours, a guy named Michelle Dalcourt, 
who has come up in my, what my opinion is just one of the most simplistic yet most um, complete models of how to design exercise programs that I've seen in, in 20 years in the business. And, and I'll put a little information on there now. I, I haven't been able to, to schedule an interview with uh, Michelle yet, Gio, um, just because of our schedules. But he is on my, he's on my extremely short list of, uh, of people who are going to be appearing on this. But how has that changed? You know, so how is using the 4Q, how has that changed your approach, your personal approach? Uh, so, so to go back to what we were saying, so that's not to say, okay, I'm going to do a Turkish getup. And then, you know, I'm in the camp of, oh, it's all functional movement. And all I could do is, all I'm going to do is Turkish getups, chops, lifts, uh, you know, and, and, all, and all that stuff, right? As opposed to 4Q, all right, I'll do a Turkish getup, and then I'll go do something unloaded in, in uh, three-dimensional. Maybe I'll do a, you know... Uh, a forward lunge, side lunge, transverse lunge, and I'll and I'll do that in a, in a circuit, and then maybe I'll go do something meat and potatoes loaded. Maybe I'll do my bench press then, and then I'll do something you know unloaded um, there, and before you know it, I got four exercises. They're all complementing each other. They're all a little different. You put that in a circuit. Now I'm getting fitness. I'm getting function. Even if I wanted to, I can put that in a hypertrophy type program if that's my goal um, or if that's someone else's goal. And then before you know it, you know, you're still getting everything. So the, these like camps of, oh, well, he just does like functional stuff. You know, that's not going to build muscle or he just uses Viper. Viper's not going to build muscle. And, you know, it's like, OK, after I use Viper, I'll do push-ups. And then after I do push-ups, I'll deadlift. And then after I deadlift, I'll do a Turkish getup and do that in a circuit and tell me that that's not a workout and that's not going to build muscle, build function and still give me everything I want. And I mean, and, and that is what you just mentioned, even that just little the, that little if you did, you, you had a Viper, uh, you know, like a Viper circuit and you had push ups, you had get ups and you had deadlifts. That's going to crank somebody pretty good. If you're working with a client doing that, they are going to see some pretty, pretty impressive results, whether they're a wrestler or whether they just want to, you know, hit their golf drive farther. Now, to, to kind of, I want to take it back to your wrestling career for a second and, and kind of find out, because I think it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, we have a mutual friend who, who, who's a wrestler as well, a kid I grew up with. But how'd you get started in wrestling? What was that like to, to go from, you know, being, you know, I'm sure you were a fan of wrestling to all of a sudden being performing and being a part of the WWE. How'd you get, how'd you get into that? And, and what was that process? So, you know, you know, a huge fan growing up. And, you know, when you're young, and you're a boy, you look for superheroes. And for me, professional wrestling was live superheroes. And, you know, as we get older, most of us or some of us, you know, stop watching pro wrestling. <laughs> I, I feel like it's safe to say when you're young, at least for like a little tidbit of your life, you, you, you end up watching pro wrestling, whether it's for a month or whether it's for years, um, you know, you, you, I just never stopped watching it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, so once I got into high school, I really started to get into, into fitness and working out. And then I decided to, you know what, what if I kept working out? And at the time I really wanted to be a wrestling photographer and I used to take I used to take photos at all the wrestling shows and try to get the best shots possible. And then I'm like, wait a second, I don't want to take the pictures. I want to be the guy in the picture. 
And that's when I really started to ramp up my fitness. And at that point on, the light switch just flicked on. And I said, well, if I'm going to try to be a professional wrestler and I'm going to make it to WWE, then I need to be in the best shape humanly possible. And from that point on, it was just tunnel vision um, as far as fitness and uh, and wrestling goes. And that's and so what was that process? Was there because I know there are certain wrestling schools out there. Uh, were you a wrestler? Did you wrestle in high school? And, and then did you go to a wrestling school? How'd you get into the, the performing? I started going to a pro wrestling school in college. And I, I made a promise to my parents and my mom that I would still go to college, which I did. And I graduated from Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut. Cool. And, and while I was going to college, I was moonlighting as a professional wrestling student. Um, and it was like, I, I felt like my, like my little Jekyll and Hyde, like wrestling, stu- you know, college student by day, wrestler by night. Um, and I was doing that um, all up until uh, I graduated college. Um, uh, interesting thing as well, which, uh, some people don't know who know me as a wrestler. I actually worked in the WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut as an office employee oh, because really? I just, I just wanted to work there. And I ended up getting a, getting a job there for a little bit. I worked there for about a year or two, eh, probably, yeah, probably about a year and a half. And then I ended up moving to another wrestling school which was the WWE developmental territory at the time. It was called Ohio. It, it still is around. It's Ohio Valley Wrestling, and it's in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And I ended up moving there because if I knew that if I was going to be a pro wrestler for WWE, that I would eventually need to go through OVW. So I just said, "Well, I'm just going to move there uh, and 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 get started." Um, th- this, at the same time, I'm still working on the independent scene, I'm still going to a local wrestling school in my area, I'm still, you know, building experience. Um, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky with, with, no, uh, with no WWE contract, and within one year, uh, I got bumped up to the advanced class, which was the contract class with all the contracted uh, uh, developmental guys. And then they offered me a, a, a contract and it was one of the most still to this day, one of the most uh, satisfying times in my life, having to work so hard for something and then and then actually achieve it is is something that still uh, still brings me great, great pride. And that and that I, that I think is, is, is awesome. And, and, and you're right. I mean, I totally in the I grew up. I'm, I'm a couple years older than you, but I grew up in the 80s and. I am thankful, honestly. I am extremely thankful. I never broke my brother's neck um, doing uh, body slams and suplexes on our parents' bed uh, because we would watch Saturday morning wrestling. Saturday morning, ten a.m. where I grew up was WWE. Is a different. It was, it was called something else then, but WWF. Yeah, at the yeah, time, w, yeah, W. Yeah, W. I just didn't. I'm not sure about the whole trademark thing and. I don't want the people of the World Wildlife Fund coming after me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you watch Mean Gene Oakland. You watch you know, you know it's Mean Gene and Jesse the Body. You know, and and you know everything. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Piper's Pit, and and that just you know. And I still now I don't watch wrestling as much you know as I did then, and and I have much more. But I have a huge appreciation. You said earlier at the start of the interview that you know you you learned how to perform as a wrestler, and I have a huge appreciation for wrestlers as athletes and i know they may not be that that some of the stuff may be scripted and it may not you know it may not be categorized as a pure athletic competition 
but I still look at what you guys do day in, day out, week in, week out as, as athletes. And you guys are amazing, incredible athletes. What do you think people would be surprised to learn about, um, the life of a professional wrestler? Like how much do you work on, on all that technique in the falls? So you don't get jacked up. Cause when you look at what you guys do, man, I'm surprised you can do this week in, week out. I mean, yeah, well, well, one of the things, and there's so many things I can say to that. One of the things that many people don't realize or, or think about or understand is there's no off season in pro wrestling as opposed to, yeah, I'm a football player. I, you know, I work through January and then I'm off until, until the summer, even though, yeah, they're practicing, you know, they could do whatever they want on their own. Being a full-time prof- professional wrestler usually goes something like this. You'll fly into a town on Friday morning. You'll perform on Friday night. You'll drive to the next town on Saturday. You'll perform on Saturday. You'll drive to another town on Sunday. You'll perform then. You'll drive to another town on Monday. That would be your TV. That's your Monday Night Raw. And then they usually end up taping SmackDown on Tuesdays. So if you're on SmackDown, you would drive from Monday night to Tuesday, tape SmackDown, and then fly home either Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, depending on what show you're on. You'd have about a day and a half to be home. And then guess what happens on Friday? You do that all over again. Wow. And, and that you do that constantly and you you don't you don't say okay that now we're now we're in the off season i get to take three months off it just it just doesn't happen so you know the i kind of i kind of you know summarize it like this now that i'm a health coach and a fitness coach there's really <laughs> i hate to say it like this there's really nothing healthy about being a full-time professional wrestler and here's what i mean by that Number one, you don't get enough sleep because you're traveling from town to town, sleeping in random hotel rooms, and you're just not getting enough sleep anyway. You're not sleeping in your own bed. Number two, you're not eating well because you're on the road. You, you're, you finish a show 10, 1030 at night. Where are you going to go? Maybe maybe a Denny's is open. What healthy stuff are you going to get at Denny's? Maybe a grilled chicken salad. You know, you're not getting a g- good food as if you were s- sitting at home. Um, the travel alone is flying in, flying out, driving here, driving that, sitting in the car, you know, and, and, oh yeah, by the way, we didn't even talk about the actual wrestling aspect of it (laughs) where you're getting slammed, flipped, thrown, jump, fall, you know, you know, all all this, all all the athletic part of it. So you put all that together (laughs) and it's, 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 you know, I, I thought about it, uh, and, and I really summarized this a couple years ago. Where I was like, wow, it, it, it's really amazing how <laughs> how unhealthy that, you know, th- that lifestyle, you know, could be, which is even kudos more to, to the people who do it. And, and that's what and, and that's what I think that people don't realize is when they see that, whether they're whether it's a professional, whether it's a, a pro wrestler, an MMA fighter, a, a, a you know, football player is all the hours and hours of preparation and, and everything they go through in the travel, that's all stress on the body. And all that stress accumulates. You know, do you have, I mean, how do you deal with that now? And, and I know you're not performing as much or not not going out and doing wrestling shows as much, but how do you handle, how do you kind of de-stress and, and unload your body now? Knowing what you've learned in the last few years, like how would you, if you were working with a professional wrestler that had that type of schedule, 
or you're working with somebody who's a busy, you know, somebody who's traveling, you know, three days a week or traveling three weeks a month for work. How would you kind of coach them to, to be able to handle that with uh, recovery strategies? Yeah. So, so it would be a lot more recovery slash mobility stuff because in the end you get so stiff, you get so tight um, just from the car rides, the wrestling, you know, and like I said um, a few minutes ago, you're still trying to look great. You're still trying to look as good as you can for the camera. So in the end, you oh, so you got three hours of sleep? Well, you're still going to go to the gym. And as me and you know, what's the risk reward of getting three hours of sleep and trying to crush it in the gym? You know, there there's a there's a big trade off there. You know, however, you're just living to to, to get on TV to, for tomorrow. Um, so it would definitely be a strategy that's revolved more around you know, joint mobility. And one thing that I've been getting really into is Andreo Spina's um, FRC, functional range conditioning, and his controlled articular rotations, his cars, pales, rails. Um, and I think that could be a very helpful tool, um, even pre-match, maybe post-match, um, and in the, on the morning of the match, could be, could be done anywhere. Hey, throw in a little Viper mobility with that. That's what they're missing. That's what we're missing. That's what general fitness is missing anyway. Um, but that's what, you know, someone like a professional wrestler would, would probably benefit from tremendously. As, as you're saying, like multi-planar movement, you know, just taking joints to the range of motion, basically doing just body weight motion. Is that, is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And, you know, in addition to, you know, they could still still do everything they want to do. But if you think about professional wrestling and you just watch it or you look at pitchers, you're not performing a perfect bilateral squat. You have one leg in front of the other. You have one arm up, one arm down. You have a shoulder elevated, another shoulder depressed. You have someone in one hand, you know, you have someone on, on their shoulder and your your leg is on their leg or, you know, whatever it is. So it's all these different types of positional strength. So is doing a, a very um, big bilateral squat going to help me perform better? Yes, in a way it will. I'm not saying we should all stop uh, you know, back squatting, but I need to have that different type of positional strength. That's where the Viper comes in. That's where body weight comes in. Another, uh, an, another uh, really love of mine is animal flow. And I kudos to Mike Fitch for really bringing it to my attention. I've learned a lot from, from Mike Fitch. And just that three-dimensional movement that, that you mentioned, just with your body weight, just the rotations of it, just taking through your body through the full range of motion. Um, I, people, people are shocked when they see me do animal flow and, and I tell them what the, the road that I came from as, as a bodybuilder. But my, my eyes and ears have, have always been open. And I look at it like this. If you're telling me that you can show me something that will make me better, then why wouldn't I open my eyes and ears to it as opposed to, hey, I don't want to do that. It may make me smaller. It's not <laughs> going to give me hypertrophy. It's not going to make me bigger as opposed to, wait a second. So you're telling me that if I do this stuff, before I start incorporating stuff like Animal Flow and Viper, that my body's going to last longer? Um, yeah, sign me up. Where, where do I sign? 
And, and I think people don't realize that when you do joint isolation stuff and it's putting a tremendous amount of force into specific sections of muscle and our body's designed to mitigate and use force throughout all the muscles. So if you only do chest press, you know, biceps curls, back rows, and that's all you're doing, you're putting a tremendous amount of load on specific joints in isolation. Whereas, and I'm going to have a link down to, to a couple of Viper sequences and I'm going to have a link down to, uh, to the animal flow. If you're doing a body weight animal flow, or if you're doing a light, light, uh, Viper sequence, where you're moving in all directions, you're using your entire body. You're not isolating stress in any one joint, in any one particular area. I mean, do you feel the difference now? Do you, do you, even though you might not lift as much as you once did, do you feel stronger as a result of this type of training? Well, to be honest, I don't know if feeling stronger would be the correct statement. I just feel better. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. I just, I just feel better. I feel looser. I feel, I feel like I can move. And that's not to say, Hey, when I was wrestling, I tore my ACL, MCL meniscus in my knee. I had a patella tendon repair on my, on my knee. I dis dislocated my shoulder six times. I've had two major shoulder labor repairs within uh, two and a half years of each other. I tore my bicep tendon on, uh, on the other side of my body. So I have all of these lingering injuries and that's not to say I wake up every morning and hop out of bed, but I know that if I want to wake up every morning and hop out out of bed, that I better do this whole body integration that we're talking about and take care of all my joint systems. Otherwise at 36, the way I feel now, I want to feel this way at 46. I want to feel this way at 56 and so on and so forth. And as we know, it doesn't get easier as you get older. It only gets harder. So we could get a jump start on, on, eight, on the aging process by taking care of this stuff now as opposed to waiting until, you know, it's never too late. But, you know, the older you get, you know, the more time and uh, attention you need. And as we know, the older you get the more your priorities in life change. And then you end up taking care of other things such as family, kids. So, you know, where's the, uh, where's, you know, how much time do you have to dedicate to, to doing controlled articular rotations uh, when you have to pick up your kid from soccer practice? And, and that's a good point. That actually is going to, you know, as I respect your time. I'm going to be wrapping up here short, very shortly. But I kind of want to touch on that is, is how do you feel now? I mean, you said you're, you're turn, about to turn 36 or you just turned 36? I'm about to turn 37. Thir about to turn 37. So for me, you know, I noticed a huge difference. And I was still playing rugby at the time. I noticed a huge difference when I turned 35. All of a sudden, it was like, boom. You know, I just felt I could wake up, you know, taking an off day. I wake up the day after an off day more sore than I did during a normal workout day. Have you noticed that? Like, have you noticed anything, like, changing now that you're starting to hit the second half of, of your 30s? Yeah, the, the, I definitely noticed that I, I need I need more time for recovery and I just need more time to rest. And, you know, 10 years ago, I could have went Monday through Friday, two hours a day and be totally fine. There's no way I can do that as I, I could do that now. Now, could I do Monday through Friday, but one day be a very animal flow type workout and not do a lot of other? Yeah. But that's that's the change that I've that I've been able to make. But I, I definitely feel the need to need more more recovery and more rest and, you know, less intense uh, workout. And that's not to say I don't do hit training because then it's going to be, oh, you know, he's not in the hit camp. I still like hit training, 
But, you, you know, as we know, we, you can't do HIIT training every day, and you better be pretty fresh to do HIIT training to optimize that. So it's really just, you know what, I, I, need, I need much more rest and recovery. I've gotten a massage every single week without missing a week, I think the last six years now. I, I, I put that in as a necessity, as just like brushing my teeth, because to me, that's just as important as, as anything else. And, and what do you see? Like, so what are your plans for the next uh, n- next couple of years? I mean, you, you, we talked, I think, before we, we started recording that you're spending time between South Florida and, and New York. Like, what do you, in terms of fitness, you're starting to, and for people people listening, uh, Gio has, has developed a really cool uh, group workout program that he, uh, he developed for Equinox, and, and you're teaching for Equinox now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the program is called Fully Loaded, and what, what, how I've evolved is just kind of happened naturally where I, I've never thought of myself as a presenter. I never thought of myself as an educator, but now, you know, at least once a month I'm doing presentations and, and education for, for, you know, sometimes hundreds of, uh, hundreds of trainers. And I'd like to continue doing that. And I have a lot of pots on the stove right now and hopefully, uh, without letting any cats out of the bag, you know, hopefully, uh, people will find out, uh, soon enough over the next several months. But uh, I'm excited about my future, and I feel like I'm still a baby in the fitness industry. And you know, the future is very bright for me, and I'm I'm very excited about what's to come. Well, and and, and for people listening, I think if you want to if you want to see a good combination of functional movement with impressive aesthetic results, because I don't always I don't only want to just put up you know like we got to move better. Fact is, people want to look better, and, and and as I said at the beginning, dude, you got you you definitely have I think achieved both <laughs> both counts of it. But I will have your your contact information. Do you do a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter or Instagram? I mean, what's the best way to, to follow you on social media? Yeah, e- either way, um, you know, I have a love hate relationship with social media at this point because <laughs> I don't want to be that I don't want to be that trainer that just posts. Look at me exercise every day. You know, I just don't want to be that guy. I'd rather post something that's educational. I'd rather post something that, you know, people can learn from as opposed to, hey, let me take off my shirt and show you how cool I can exercise. I I really I'm really not I'm really not into that. And if you look at any of my social media, I don't post anything, uh, anything like that. And, and that's and, and that's fair, but but that is a good way to get get out there what you're going to be talking about or or where you'll be appearing, whether you're going to be wrestling or, or teaching education workshop. And and I kind of I feel exactly the same way. Is is I think social media should be less about look at me and more about hey here's here are ideas for what you can do. And so when I when I put stuff, especially I've gotten more active on Instagram, I try to put ideas out there about hey here's a kettlebell, you know here's what I did today with a kettlebell. Here's a Viper. Here's what I did today with a Viper. And it's not necessarily me doing the exercise. It's just saying, hey, here is, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a piece of, here's a piece of equipment and, and here's some ideas for how to use it. And I'll, I'll write it down in there. Cause I agree with you, man. I think the most, uh, I, I just think, you know, social media can be com- completely narcissistic and arrogant. But on the other hand, I think for, for, for what you're doing and the people you're trying to reach, I think it's an important way to connect with people and help elevate. You know, if you're doing it, if other people are doing it, if we're all doing it, it can elevate the status of our profession. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And and to to that point, my goal, one of my goals for 2017 is I do want to uh, I do want to post a little more. I do want to video a little more and and put some stuff up. I'm a little more active on Twitter than Instagram. But uh, 
you know, I, in the end too, it's, you know, you either t take time to post something or take time to do something else. And I'd rather not stop what I'm doing, set my phone up and video myself working out or video my client working out. I'd rather just focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a fine line. But I think, I think that's important for people to hear because the people that are always posting stuff, especially like videos of themselves working out, guess what? They don't got too many clients. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's the thing. Cause you hit the nail on the head, man. If you're doing, if you're doing five to seven sessions a day and teaching a class or two on top of that, the last thing you want to do is spend 20 minutes setting up your phone to do a 30 second, you know, whatever on, on Instagram. I mean, yeah. And I, you know what, maybe my mindset has completely changed, but listen, you could post some, and I'm saying you, but I'm saying someone can post some really impressive stuff, but you know what I'd be more impressed with you showing me a before and after video of having grandma not being able to touch her toes or get up and down off the floor. And then she's able to do that. You know, that's to me, that's, that would be much more impressive. Yeah. That's the type of powerful stuff that uh, I think is, uh, I think that's lacking in our social media. So last question here, and then, then, then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. But, uh, what, what was your favorite from, from your wrestling career when you're, when you're doing it full time, what, what was your favorite memory? What was like the one thing that you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this or I can't believe I just did that. Like, what was your favorite memory from, from when you were a full-time, uh, wrestler? So I got to give you two things cause they're, they're tied for each other. I happened to, I happened to make my WWE debut. So my first television appearance live in of all places, Madison square garden, the Mecca of buildings. And right before I went out, um, someone by the name of Hulk Hogan came up to me. It may sound familiar. <laughs> and when I, I'm in the, you know, I'm a kid in the eighties. Hulk Hogan was my guy. I had every single Hulk Hogan thing possible. He came up to me, he introduced himself and we ended up having a conversation for a couple minutes before I went out and performed in front of 20,000 people. So I'm standing there and I'm saying, I was a kid in this arena at eight years old, cheering my head off for Hulk Hogan. And I still remember the event when I was eight years old. And now I'm backstage ready to perform on Monday Night Raw, talking to Hulk Hogan. If that's not full circle, if that's not, you know, wow, I really did it. And at that point on, I knew, even before that, I knew that literally that old cliche of if you put your heart and mind into anything, anything's possible. I said that then there's no question about that. The second one that's tied is I had an opportunity to wrestle in, in Italy which is where my father was born, which my family lineage. And I, I happened to win the European uh, World Championship in Sicily and Italy. And after the match, I held up the Italian flag. And it was about 10,000 people there going crazy. I jumped into the crowd. They hugged me, you know. And then, you know, m my dad found out. My dad started crying, you know. And it was just a, a, an amazing time to be like an Italian winning the European Championship in Italy raising the Italian flag, winning the championship. And, I, you know, I look back on my life so far and I'm like, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of cool things. But in the same respect, I really worked my butt off to get those things. And, and that's an important message, man, because I think a lot of people look at what personal trainers do, what fitness instructors do, and especially what, what a wrestler does. And they don't understand the hours of preparation, the hours of work and the hours of training it takes to get in there. And I think that's just such a strong message. Well, what, uh, all right, Gio, I really appreciate your time, man. I'm going to have contacts uh, for you below. I'm going to have your website. 
So if people want to follow, because he's one of these guys that, um, yeah, I first met you, what, about two years ago? Yeah, maybe even more than that now. Yeah, it's been, and, and he's been one of these guys who I've just, you know, I've seen from a distance. He has, an, I think he has a, an amazing background of having been a professional performer. And now he's really focused on doing things in fitness and he's already done a couple of cool things. There aren't many people out there who've developed group fitness programs for one of the top fitness clubs or top health clubs in the world. And you've already done that. You've got that feather in your cap. So I think we're going to be seeing some amazing stuff from you in the next couple of years, man. And so I really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, it's an honor and it's still kind of weird to be, you know, considered for, for an interview for a podcast that someone would want to actually listen to what I have to say. So I appreciate it. Well, again, I want to apologize for some of the background noise. As I said in the beginning, Gio can uh, be really busy and hard to track down. So I was just happy I was able to catch up with him, even if he was uh, having a little bit of lunch while we were chatting. But hopefully you got some stuff from that conversation, mainly about you know how the type of workout program can really have a significant effect, not just on your body, but how you feel. Now, if you're one of these people who loves going to the gym, but you find that you're constantly, you know, your back is constantly sore, maybe you constantly have a sore shoulder, maybe that elbow and wrist thing just isn't going away, it might be time to take a step back and look at the type of exercise that you're doing. What type of program are you doing? If you've been doing the same type of weightlifting program for years, you're putting repetitive stress on the body. And that's one thing that many people often overlook. At its base, at its core, exercise is just physical stress applied to the body. If we apply the same stress over and over and over again, guess what's going to happen? You're going to break down. The body's going to break down. You know, your tissue, your myofascial system, muscles, connective tissue is going to get damaged. Your joint structures are going to take a beating. When that happens, you try to push through it. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when and how bad the injury is going to be. So take it from somebody who made a living flying through the air and bouncing off of people and picking people up and throwing them around. You know, we have to work hard to stay injury free. You know, you know, when he's doing three, four nights a week of shows, he doesn't have a time to be sore. He really doesn't. You know, and as a trainer now, you heard him talk about what it takes to be, you know, to focus on mobility. So the reason why I asked Gio to be a guest, because I think he has such a strong and powerful story. I mean, there are many of us out there in our fitness programs that are probably focused purely on aesthetics. And we think all that mobility stuff, eh, yeah, not for me or whatever, because you don't want to lose the muscularity. Well, I can guarantee, I mean, if you take a look at at, at Gio's size and Gio's Gio's build, he hasn't lost any, he hasn't lost any size. He still has a swole. I mean, he's wrestled a couple times this year in 2017. So he still does some performing, not the same national level that he used to, but he's still performing. But he does it from a much, much better and a much you know, smarter approach. And one thing, you know, Gio developed a couple workout programs for, for Equinox or developed a workout class for Equinox. And I know I've had a lot of guests from Equinox on here. And that, that's no, you know, that's no accident because Equinox has some of the fitness leaders, some of the top fitness leaders in the industry. So if you're kind of like, oh, God, here we go again, somebody else from, you know, from Equinox, you know, I'm sorry. I, I go to, to try to bring the best guests and the best information to listeners. I go to the leaders and, and just so happens that a lot of leaders work with one of the top companies in the industry. So I just need to, to put that out there right now. Anyway, for any listeners that, that appreciate this, if you could do me a favor and give me a rating on iTunes, you know the game. The better the ratings, you know, the better, the higher the visibility and the higher the rankings the podcast goes. 
So right now I do have a couple show sponsors, but I'm primarily doing this as a labor of love. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy sharing information. I do a lot of blogging for the American Council on Exercise. If you do a search for my name, Pete McCall, an American Council on Exercise, you'll find a ton of stuff I've written on there. If you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, I also have a lot of information there. I'm not charging for it. There's no paywall. I'm not trying to drive anything right now. That might change. But for right now, all this stuff is free. So you can go to American Council on Exercise. I think it's ACEFitness.org. Do a search for my name, Pete McCall, and you'll see articles, blogs, stuff that I've helped develop, workouts I've helped create. If you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, I'm starting to put more and more content up there. Because I just this stuff comes easy to me, and I love sharing it with people. You know, and I know I've said it. I've said this before, and I know it sounds kind of corny, but but my personal goal is to try to make the world a better place through health and fitness and through exercise. And that's all I'm trying to do is share this information. So the only thing I ask of you is you could take a moment to give me a rating, however you're listening to it. If it's on iTunes, if it's on Stitcher, if it's on another service, I'm getting you know I'm getting better at this. I'm, I'm doing more and more effort to to try to market the podcast and just try to get it out there. So anything you can do to give me a rating, I'd greatly appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at PeteMC underscore fitness. You can follow me on Instagram, Pete McCall underscore fitness. Or you can email me directly, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. I'm starting to get some interview requests coming in through email. So if you uh, have a you know, product or have an idea or have a book that you'd like to share or something, you know, if you're a fitness educator, if you work in the fitness business and there's something you'd like to share, reach out to me. I'd be you know more than happy to see if it'd be the right fit for what I'm trying to do on the show. So with that in mind, you know, everything I'm doing is trying to help you understand how to use health and exercise to improve your quality of life. And the cool thing is if you do it the right way, as I've said plenty of times before, the right type of workout not only will make you feel better, It'll not only make you healthier, but guess what? It's going to slow down the aging process. The science is there. So one of my upcoming guests, we're going to be talking about that. Another upcoming guest I have, we're going to be talking about the physiology of fat burning, really going a deep dive. I know I have another podcast on that, but that one, this next one coming up is going to be really cool. And another guest that I have coming up is an amazing discussion. We talk about the meditation and the spiritual aspects of fitness, the fact that we need to make the inner body right as well as making the outer body look great. So those are some of the things coming up soon on All About Fitness. Keep checking back. I'm trying to post a new podcast every week. Hopefully you're enjoying the content. Please, if you're enjoying it, shoot me a note. Let me know. Post a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. With that, thanks for listening in. Have a great day and stay fit. Stay fit.